This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A few other things. There's a more, the, Alhamdulillah is the longest session. I'm going to take my time with Alhamdulillah. Then we'll do some other stuff. But hopefully, if you, you know, sleep through the rest of it, at least you'll walk out saying Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> so the khatib starts his khutbah and he says, Inna alhamdulillah. But the Fatiha does not say, you don't say, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Inna alhamdulillah, Rabbil alamin. You, you don't do that. You say what? Alhamdulillah. The khatib says, Inna alhamdulillah, but you say what? Alhamdulillah. So anyone know what inna means? Yeah, indeed, for sure. For sure. So let's just translate it. For sure, hamd is for Allah. You with me? For sure, hamd is for Allah. And does the Quran say for sure, hamd is for Allah? No. The Quran just says, hamd is for Allah. The question arises, if the Quran is so perfect, and hamd is so important, then you should give it more importance. And how do you give something more importance? You add inna, so instead of just saying, hamd is for Allah, you should be saying, definitely hamd is for Allah. It's so much more powerful, isn't it? So how come the Qur'an did not use the more powerful, inna alhamdulillah? What's the benefit of not using it? There's so many other places you find, inna allaha ghafurur rahim, inna allaha huwa razaq al mateen. You find Allah emphasizing. But how come He doesn't say, Inna alhamdulillah? We say it. Khatib says it. How come Quran doesn't say it? So let's try to understand that. In order to figure this out, very easy actually. I'll give you another, you know, English lesson. Well, not English lesson. Linguistics lesson. But it's super easy. It's not like nouns and verbs. You don't have to have a PhD like last time. So now, in order to understand this, know that there are two kinds of sentences. Sentences that are, the purpose is information. Sentences whose purpose is what? Information. And sentences whose purpose is emotion. Either information or what? Emotion. Like khabariya or insha'iya, the linguists call it. But who cares? Either information or what? Emotion. The program starts after maghrib. What is that? Information or emotion? Information. Oh my God! Emotion. You with me? Some sentences are, the purpose of it is to what? Communicate information. Other sentences, the purpose is what? Communicate. Now when you communicate information, it could be right and it could be wrong. Isn't that the case? Program starts after Maghrib. No, actually it starts after Aisha. Information could be right and it could be wrong. But when someone says, awesome, you can't say incorrect. (laughs) It's not right or wrong. Because it's, Just an emotion, you understand? Oh man! There's no true-false, it's just, oh man! You get it? Now let's go back to Fatiha. Alhamdulillah. Hamd belongs to Allah. Tell me if this sentence is information or emotion. Think about it and tell me. Is this sentence communicating information? Is it khabariya? Or is it insha'iya? What do you think? Emotion? So if somebody says, hey, praise belongs to someone else, and I say, no, actually praise belongs to Allah. 
What did I just do? I informed him. So I used Alhamdulillah as a sentence to communicate information. But when I asked the question, is the noun, is, is, is hamd a noun or a verb? And you raised your hand correctly even though it was shaking. And then I said, it is a noun. You said, Alhamdulillah. At that time, when you said Alhamdulillah, was that a information or was that emotion? That was emotion. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is, you can use Alhamdulillah for information, and you can use it for emotion. It's flexible, yes? When a, when a scholar is teaching Alhamdulillah, he's using it for information. When you're standing in salah and crying when you said Alhamdulillah, then you are using it for what? Emotion. Now here's the thing. In the Arabic language, as a principle, when you use inna for sure, for sure, when you say that, then you are saying the information that is coming is definitely correct, isn't it? That's when you say, for sure. So when you use the word inna, then you are guaranteeing that your sentence that's coming is what kind of sentence? Informational sentence. It's not an emotive sentence. It's not an emotional sentence. You understand? By not using inna, what does Allah do? Allah keeps alhamdulillah something that is informational, and He keeps it as something that is also emotional. It's both khabariya and insha'iya. It had been inna alhamdulillah for grammar geeks over here, it would have just been khabariya. It wouldn't have been insha'iya. Okay? So that's the benefit of not using inna alhamdulillah. But now there, there's a couple of other quick things that I want to get to you. Then there is the matter of Eid, which we just had. You guys have it for like two months, I think. Um, it's still going on. You know. Uh, so, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Finish it. Walillahi alhamd. Wait. Walillahi alhamd. I thought it was alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. What did we do? We reversed it. And what did we turn it into? Lillahi alhamd. We flipped it around. Yes? Now, that should mean the same thing. Praise belong, or hamd belongs to Allah. Or to Allah, hamd belongs. Yes? It seems to be the same thing. Except in Arabic, it makes a difference. In Arabic, it makes a difference. When you reverse it like that, there's a meaning that is added. And the meaning that is added, for keeping things simple, the meaning that is added is the word only. The technical term is al-ikhtisas, but who cares? Right now, it adds the meaning only. In other words, when you say, lillahil hamd, it actually means, hamd only belongs to Allah. When you say, alhamdulillah, it means, hamd belongs to Allah. When you say, lillahil hamd, it means, what? Tell, tell me again. Hamd only belongs to Allah. You with me? Then the question arises, which is more powerful? You should say, Hamd only belongs to Allah. Isn't that more powerful? But if you just say, Hamd belongs to Allah, that's pretty regular. It's common. It's not something special out of the way. And so why not the Qur'an? Why wouldn't the Qur'an use, لِلَّهِ الْحَمْدُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ why use Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen? What's the difference? And especially if you could get an extra meaning out of it, which is what? Hamd 
only belongs to Allah. You know why am I asking these questions? Because you've heard maybe since childhood that the Qur'an is the perfect word of Allah. Every word is exactly where it's supposed to be. You cannot move a single word from its place. What about, let's ask some of these questions then. Because you can't move it from its place? But I thought in Arabic you could say Alhamdulillah and you could say what? Lillahi alhamd. And how come, how come you said that? And you can't just say Astaghfirullah, don't ask those questions. No, no, no. Allah asked us to explore and to appreciate and to, to realize this is the perfect word of Allah. So we have to ask these questions. And I'm not the first one. This is, these questions are being asked for a very long time. They're being asked for a very long time. And the more you ask these questions, the more you realize it's so perfect, man. It's so perfect. So now, the thing is, Lillahi alhamd, what does it mean again? Remind me, I forgot. Hamd? I'm not, I'm not gonna say praise, because it's praise and thanks, and that's too much English, so I'll just say hamd. Easier. Hamd only belongs to Allah. It is actually used in the Qur'an a couple of times. Like at the end of Surah Al-Jathiyah. فَلِلَّهِ الْحَمْدُ رَبِّ السَّمَوَاتِ رَبِّ الْأَرْضِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ وَلَهُ الْكِبْرِيَاءُ فِي السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ It's used at the end of Surah Al-Jathiyah, Surah number 45. لِلَّهِ الْحَمْدُ Which means in Surah number 45, at the end Allah said, Hamd only belongs to Allah. So tell me the one word that makes the two different in English. What's the one word that is different? Only. Only. Okay. This is a really big word. It makes a huge difference. Let me tell you how it makes a huge difference. I come home and my children are playing with my iPad. And I told them not to touch it. And one of them is playing. The other ones are watching. One of them is playing. And I say, well, Leah, why are you playing with my iPad? Why are you playing with my iPad? And she says, I wasn't the only one. She doesn't say, I wasn't the one. She says, I wasn't the only one. Now what does that mean? That actually means, you just caught me. But Imad had a turn. Husna had the longest turn. Walid had a turn. I'm just going last. And I get in trouble. <laughs> and two problems with this. But she, she accused all of them with just one word. She didn't have to name all of them. All she had to say was, I wasn't the... Only one. You see that? Now when you say, Hamd. But by the way, let me go back to her sentence. I wasn't the only one. You know, without saying it, she actually said, I wasn't the only one. It was Husna, and Huda, and Imad, and Walid, and Iman. They all played too. But she didn't have to say it. Why not? Because she used the word? Only. Now when you say, Hamd only belongs to Allah. There's something else that you just communicated, but you didn't have to say it. What else did you communicate and you didn't even have to say it? Hamd only belongs to Allah, in parentheses, what's there? It doesn't belong to anyone else. Not to anyone else. You see that? In other words, when you use the word only, you are arguing with someone. When you say, Hamd only belongs to Allah, then you are definitely arguing with someone. Because the other person is saying, Hamd belongs to Allah, and it can belong to others too. And you're saying, no, 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 no. Hamd only belongs to Allah. So it indicates that there's a conflict. There's a disagreement. There's a debate. And in that debate, you have to correct someone. And the only way to correct them is, 
لِلَّهِ الْحَمْدِ Hamd only belongs to Allah. Because if you tell them, Hamd belongs to Allah, they'll be like, yeah, it does. And to this statue, and to Jesus, and to so and so, and so and so. They can add other stuff, right? You know? Because there's a difference between saying, this is my house, or, or this house is mine, or if this, saying this house is only mine. When you say this house is mine, it could have a whole family in there. But when you say this house is what? Only mine, then nobody else, it's just you. You get it? So when you just say, Ham belongs to Allah, then it's not good for argument. For argument, for fixing tawheed, you have to say what? Lillahi alhamd. Now which surah did I say Allah says, Hamd only belongs to Allah? As an example. Yathiyah, surah number 45. You'll notice from the beginning to the end, it is debating with people who do shirk. It debates with people who do shirk. And when people do shirk, what should they be told? It's not enough to say, Hamd belongs to Allah. You have to tell them what? Hamd only belongs to Allah. But then come back to Fatiha. Is Fatiha a debate? Is Fatiha arguing with someone? No. Fatiha is the voice, the, gui- the voice of guidance inside every human being. You know Allah put something inside every human being that already recognizes Allah? A fitrah. He put it inside of us. It's already there. There's no argument. That there, whether there's a God or not, or whether He should be praised or not, inside the heart of every human being, the argument doesn't even exist. Deep down inside, it doesn't even exist. And since Fatiha is the surah that appeals to human nature, there's no reason to even acknowledge that there's some other hamd possible. It just begins with Alhamdulillah. There's, there's no need to debate. There's no need to argue. It's a natural conclusion. Had it been Lillah alhamd, it's almost as though it needs to be argued. It needs to be debated. It doesn't need to be debated. Naturally, that's the conclusion. Why even bring up only? That's Alhamdulillah. You know? We hope you benefited from this video from the Surah Al-Fatiha course. The explanation of the entire surah can be found inside Bayina TV. Bayina TV is our video on-demand platform with over 2,000 hours of content about Quran, Arabic, Islamic history, and the life of Prophet Muhammad wasallam. We are very excited to announce that this week you can join Bayina TV for a free two-week trial. We would love to share with you our guided and practical journey through the entire Qur'an on Bayina TV. Let's take a look. The Qur'an journey on Bayina TV consists of five steps and it begins with Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Fatiha is not only the opening surah of the Qur'an and its overview, but it is also Allah's introduction to Himself in His own words. That's why this is the first step of the Qur'an journey on Bayina TV. The second step of the Qur'an journey is divine speech, which is all about giving you an appreciation of how and why the Qur'an is miraculous before diving into the Qur'an surah by surah. The third step of the Qur'an journey on Bayina TV is called the Qur'an, a thematic overview. This step is meant to give you an understanding of the main subject pillars of the Qur'an, Through this, you will be able to recognize exactly which main subject pillar every ayah of the Qur'an falls under. By the fourth step of the Qur'an journey, you are ready for a guided surah-by-surah journey through the Qur'an. This step is called the Qur'an, a concise commentary. In this step, you'll have access to over 200 hours of video commentary that will give you a renewed appreciation and love for the Qur'an. And lastly, the final step of our Qur'an journey is the Qur'an, a deeper look. This step is a lifelong journey of reflection and guidance. 
We take our time exploring and reflecting on every passage of the Qur'an, going into depths that you may not have even known existed. This step has over 150 hours of video content and it's continuously expanding. We're also very excited to announce our free Bayana TV mobile app available on both iOS and Android phones. This lets you take your Qur'an journey with you on the go. Join Bayana TV this week to take advantage of our two-week free trial offer. There's no risk and you can cancel anytime. To sign up for the free two-week trial now, go to www.bayana.tv.